You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So four years ago, actually last month, we as a church moved into this beautiful building that you're looking at. And it was a momentous occasion for us because we had just, we had just been meeting in, in the Cleveland Conference Center, setting up, breaking down every Sunday, uh, getting there at 7 in the morning. Big Dave and I would get there and a few other people, Chris, would get there at the, at the, 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 the I was going to say something else, but I decided against it. Um, and <laughs> The filter kicked in, and um, so we, we had been doing that for a while. We moved into this brand new building, and we were excited. We are thinking to ourselves, finally, finally, all our problems are solved, right? We've got building. We've got space. Then we realized the first Sunday, or it was actually the second Sunday in September, we did our building dedication. We had... Uh, our parent church pastor, Pastor Chuck Farina from New Hope in Abilene, came down here, preached a message. Uh, and he and I, we walked around the building together. And we actually, we, we toured the building as service was starting. And I was showing him how full the kids' rooms were and how we actually had kids meeting outside. And the youth, in the youth uh, it was a pavilion at the time. It was an open-air pavilion. And there were a ton of kids out there. And Pastor Chuck said something to me that was very, um, very poignant. He said, you guys better do something or it's going to get cold and those kids are going to have nowhere to meet. And I'm thinking to myself, you ever have that moment when panic just arises? And you're like, I just moved into this building. And now, and now we need to raise more money to build this building. So we jumped into a campaign. It was called, many of you remember it, it was called the Circle Maker. We began to walk circles around that building. We began to walk circles and ask God to give us the money. And in one month as a church, we raised $20,000, which was enough money to put that project to work. In fact, we did the whole project with volunteers except the flooring and HVAC. And all we did was pay for supplies. And here's the cool thing about God's timing. We began the project as fast as humanly possible, as fast as we could as a church. We began it within, and we finished it within a couple weeks. And, in, and the first Sunday, it was available for us to meet. The outside temperature at time of service start was 31 degrees. There's no way we could have met outside with kids at 31 degrees. Now, my kids aren't going out. And through, I mean, you may be a hardcore parent. But here's the thing. When we wait on God's timing, when we work with God's timing, it's perfect. And so if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. We've got something brand new. Usually I tell you to go to the Bible app. Don't do that. Okay? We have a new app. Go to your app store and type in Hope Church Cleburne. And we have a new Hope Church Cleburne app. 
And so instead of going to the Bible app, you can go to the, you can pull up your phone. I'll pull it up right here while we're looking. You can pull up the Hope Church, dang it, Hope Church Cleveland app. Then you can go right here to the bottom and you press notes. And there you go. Some of you can see that in the front row. The rest of you, you're good. You got it. All right, sweet. And so there's a lot of cool things. You got the calendar, uh, all the giving ways. You can actually push text to give and it takes you to, it gives you the text. It sends you to your text. You can press online. It takes you online. Then you have your home. We also have a prayer wall uh, for those of y'all that, that have prayer requests. You can put them on the prayer wall. I see people are already using it. Uh, and we can pray for each other. So this is going to be a great way to stay connected. But you don't need the Bible app. You've got the Hope Church app. Praise Jesus, right? Amen. And so today, today was supposed to be about uh, barrenness. We were going to talk about people that, that were unable to have children. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And we're believing that God... Um, we're believing that God can move in people that want to have a baby that maybe haven't been able to do so. But God kind of moved the message. I, I, have, a, I have teams of people that help me write these. Uh, and, and actually, JD helped me write this message. And as we were working, as we were moving, this message kind of morphed. It morphed into something else. And usually when God morphs something, you don't fight against him. You just do what he says, right? And, and so I'm just going to go with what he says today. So the message today is how do we wait on God's perfect timing. How do we wait on God's perfect timing? And guys, what we, have, what we have to understand, man has mastered many things, but he has no control over time. Every moment is God appointed. We have no control over time, whether we think we do or not. Every moment that we have is God appointed. So how do we wait on God's perfect timing? Number one, we must ask for God's blessing. You must ask for God's blessing. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 2 it says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. And so man has to take his life day by day from the hand of God, realizing that God has a fitting time for each thing to be done. And so, guys, what we understand is, what we need to understand is that when we do the right action according to God's timing, when we move with God's timing, the result is beautiful. I love Kinsey's story because it shows that in God's time, God just likes to show off. He likes to wait till Ryan gets fired and then put the check in the mailbox. He can't do it before. Why? Because he wants us to trust him. That's just the way he moves. You know, and God can't let us build a building and then have a couple days where it's warm and then it gets cold. No, the, he has to do it to where the day that it's ready to use, it's 31 degrees outside. You know why he does that? Because he says to us, listen, I'm in control. Whether you think you're in control or not, I'm in control. Actually, God's saying to you, listen, I'm the captain now, right? <laughs> Actually, I've been the captain all along. You just were trying to be the captain and you're really not. <laughs> so it reminded me of a story in Genesis. Genesis, there's chapter 12 through 18. It's the story of Abraham and Sarah. Now, Abraham and Sarah wanted to have a baby. But they were never able to. And in fact, when Sarah was 90 years old, 
90. In, in case you're wondering, you should come with us on Thursdays. We do uh, services in assisted living facilities. They were 90 years old. And on the way to the, the Thursday services this week, I told Teresa, I'm preaching the message. And basically what I'm saying, I'm telling a story about Sarah. Basically, these women at this assisted living facility would get pregnant. That would be Sarah's story. Sarah was 90 years old and God said, Sarah, I'm going to give you a baby. And she thought, <laughs> she's 90 years old. 90. Should I say that one more time? She's 90, okay? In case you're wondering, youth ladies, that's long past you're able to have babies, okay? I don't know what age that cutoff is. Don't really want to know. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't ask for more information than you need, okay? So basically, God spoke to Sarah and said, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you a son. And I'm going to make you a father. He told Abraham, I'm going to make you father of many nations. Sarah didn't believe God. So what did she do? She had her husband go and sleep with her maidservant. And they had a baby outside of marriage. And God said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to have faith to have a baby with your wife who is 90. And in fact, if you look at the, <laughs> if you look at the Hebrew, the Bible says that she was actually older than dirt. Is literally what it says. If you think the Bible is, is not funny, just read it for what it really is. But it turns out that Sarah became pregnant and they had a baby. And he became, Abraham became the father of many nations. In fact, the way that you trace your Jewish lineage is how you can trace yourself back to Abraham. And so what we have to understand is sometimes we have to wait on his timing. And the problem is Sarah got ahead of God. She thought, well, of course, you know, if God's going to give me a baby, of course it's going to have to be through someone younger than me because I'm 90 years old. But God's sitting there going, no, 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 no. This is your plan. Now stop and listen to my plan. And so what's good is not always good if it's not blessed by God. What you have to understand is there are some good things in our life that you will encounter, but it's not good unless God is in it. And that's what we have to understand. You know, I, there's a lot of things that are good for you. Kale, spinach. But I don't believe God dwells in those things. Can I get an amen from someone? Amen. <laughs> but steak. Ribs. I believe that the Spirit of God can fall on such things, right? <laughs> Potatoes, <laughs> flour, <laughs> bread. Sorry, pregnant women, I'm not helping. Pizza, right? <laughs> Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is pizza. Um, there you go, Mo. There's your next song for the whole worship album. No? Wow, where did that come from? That's not in here, I promise. <laughs> I was reading your mind. Yes, the prophecy from up here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's pizza. Yeah, I know y'all are going to put that on Facebook, but, you know, whatever. So what I'm saying is when we're waiting on God's timing, we must first make sure he is in it. We must first make sure 
God's blessing is, is upon it. Number two, the second thing we need to understand when waiting on his timing is God's timing is always, underline and bold, always better than ours. God's timing is always better than ours. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in, his, in its time. Also, he has put eternity into a man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out that God has done from the beginning to the end. So doing the right thing at the right time yields a beautiful sense of a fulfillment. Guys, the right thing at the right time is beautiful. You know, if you, if you take something good out of the oven too soon, is it going to be good? No, you got to take that pizza right out of the oven. Right at the perfect timing, right? Right when it starts to get a little brown, a little crusty, that's when it's perfect, right? You want it to be nice and crispy? Because, see, it's not, it's not good if it's doughy. In the same way, it's not, things are not good in our life if we, not, if we do not do them on the right timing. So talk about another story. There's another story in the Bible of a couple that wanted a baby. Rebecca and Isaac. They wanted a baby. In fact, they prayed that the Lord would provide a son. And so God did them one better. He gave them two sons. He gave them Jacob and Esau. The problem was Esau came out first. And so in the Jewish culture, the firstborn son has the blessing of the father. He has the birthright. He is the patriarch of the family after dad passes on. And the problem was, Mama loved Jacob more than she loved Esau. Now, parents, this is a good example. Favoritism is bad. Okay? I know, Kaylin, I know you're the favor of the family. But favoritism is bad. Okay? We're just joking. We all know it's Raya. No, we know it's not Raya. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's not Raya. It's not Raya at all. No. <laughs> But see, the problem was mama played a trick on dad and gave and tricked dad into thinking that Jacob was Esau when dad was passing away. And dad gave the birthright to Jacob instead of Esau. Now, you would think, well, it was to one of his sons, but the problem is that's not how God intended. And so we have to understand that when we're waiting on God's timing, his way is always better than our way. Even if we think it's the right way, his way is always better. And so my quotable moment for you today is we must do the right thing even if it's the most difficult thing. You must do the right thing even though it is the most difficult thing. Guys, I'm here to tell you, if you have two options, one is hard and one is easy, usually God's way is harder. Why? Because that's just the way God works. Like I said earlier, he doesn't fire you after you get a big check. He fires you before you get a big check. That's just the way he works. Because he likes to build our faith. He likes to show off and show that he's in control and we're not. So God's timing is always better. And then, you know, sometimes... Sometimes we have to just do the right thing because it's the right thing. You know, there's many times as a church that we've had to do the right thing. I I remember back um, 
many of you remember this, some of you don't. When we first moved into this building, we had pews. They were beautiful pews. They were red with pink carpet. It's just what I was looking for. Um, In fact, I told Crystal when I moved here, you know, I want a church with pink carpet and red pews. That's exactly what I want. Um, And the Lord provided. Praise Jesus, right? I'm being sarcastic in case you're wondering. Because now we have great carpet and great chairs. Anyway, um, but the time came to get rid of the pews. We actually had purchased these chairs. Another church was getting rid of them. Uh, We actually purchased them for pennies on the dollar. These chairs you sit in, new on the market, about 20 bucks. Uh, And we paid five bucks a chair. And I found that deal. I was like, we got to jump on that. But I had to get rid of pews. Surprisingly, there's not a huge market for pews. I was surprised as you are, I'm sure. And so these are beautiful pews that were well made. And I thought that we could sell them for a decent price. Well, the people that actually sold us the building. And if you know anything about the building deal, I won't go into the details. They gave us a really good deal. And they treated us well. and, And they took care of Hope Church. So the time came to get rid of the pews, and they asked if they could buy them from us. And I told Crystal, I said, babe, I can't sell the pews to these people. They gave, us, they gave us such a good deal on the building, there is no market for pews. In fact, no one wants to buy them, period. I feel like we should just give them to them. Now, the smart business deal would have been, give me $5,000 for these pews, and I'll pay for my chairs. But the, but the right thing to do was, you can have these pews. And so sometimes, the right thing to do is not always the smartest earthly thing to do. Because business sense would say, make some money off those pews. Because these people want them, and you've got a commodity that they want. But a kingdom mentality says, they took care of us, so we need to take care of them. And actually what happened is we gave our pews to a a, a rural church or Christ church that needed the pews. And we made a good kingdom decision instead of a good business decision. And so what I'm saying to you is sometimes God wants you to make the right kingdom decision instead of the right business decision. So how do we wait on God's timing? Number one, we must first ask for God's blessing. Number two, God's timing is always better than ours. And number three, be confident in God's plan for you. Be confident that God has called you to something. Now I'm going to read you Ecclesiastes 3.11, but I'm going to read it in a different version. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's working from beginning to end. What this verse is saying to you is that God has planted. He's planted your eternal destiny in your heart. But you cannot see it until his timing unfolds. So guys, what I'm saying to you is we cannot fathom the mystery of divine providence unless God chooses to reveal it to us. We cannot fathom the mysteries of God's plan unless he chooses to show us. But you must be confident in his calling in you. Because guys, I'm here to tell you, there are days and sometimes there's more than one day a week that I want to quit as your pastor. It's not easy. There's days that that people say 
mean awful things about me. There's, there's things, there's times that, that people can do some things that just make me scratch my head. And I go, God, why is it that you've called me to do this? Why is it that of all things that I could do, you've given me all these talents and you want me to pastor these people? Now, I don't mean that to insult you, but, you know, I just sit here and ask God these things. Why is it that you've chosen me to do this? And he tells me over and over and over and over and over, be confident in the calling that you have on your life. There are a lot of things that are hard for me to do. You know, I'm letting you know that it was hard enough to plant this church. It was hard. It took blood, sweat, and tears It took time away from my wife. In fact, when we moved into this building, the family, Noah was little and Maddie was crawling. The family pretty much lived up here until we got it all painted. You remember that? Maddie would just crawl around in my office. We'd shut the door. We had a window so we could see her and we would just paint. And if we heard her cry, we'd look through the window. Oh, she's not dead. We'll just keep painting. And so it was hard enough to plant this church. It was hard enough to get this church where it is. But then about two years ago, I took a, I took a spiritual gifts test. Don't ever do those. They're bad. <laughs> and in the spiritual t- gifts test, it told me I have my number one gift was apostleship. Now, if you know anything about apostleship, apostleship means that you are called to start churches where there are no churches. And so God was saying, you thought it was hard enough to plant one church. Let's plant as many as we can. Like, you crazy, man. (laughs) And so since then, the church has, we've planted, one, two, three, four, five. We're working on number six. Now, here's the thing. I don't do that to go, look how awesome I am. I do that to go, when God tells you something, you better do it. Because if you don't do that, guess what he's going to do? He's going to smack you upside of the head until you do it. So be confident in what God has called you to do. Because sometimes it seems crazy to man. But God's plan is perfect. So I'm going to give you this. This line, you know, the staff votes on my, my lines for the week. This one actually is my favorite line. But I'm a nice guy and I went with their favorite line. But this one's my favorite, okay? It says, God's plan is perfect, even if it does not jive with your perfect plan. God's plan is perfect, even if it's not what you had planned at the time. His plan is better than yours. You know, the old saying goes, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. You know, we laugh about that, but it's true. If you, if, you want God, if you want God to laugh at you, tell him what you think you should do with your life. I wanted to be a hot shot rock star. Okay? And then if that didn't work out, I was going to go to school so that I could be a record producer. Okay? A, a hot shot record producer. And now I stand before you, a seasoned lead pastor. In fact, when I married Crystal, I had planned on being a worship pastor my whole life. Thankfully, she decided to stay with me when I said, I'm going to go be a lead pastor. She was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I don't know if, I don't know if she ever thought that would ever happen or, or what, but, 
But she decided to stay with me, and she even stays with me through it all. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this. The more I fought God's plan, the more he fought me back. So if you want your life to go better for you, stop fighting against his plan and walk in his perfect timing. Because his timing is better than yours. And you'll always find that he's right. Because remember, he's the captain. He's always been the captain. Even though you don't allow him to be. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you and your life today? I've got three questions for you. Number one, are you walking in God's blessing? Are you walking in God's blessing? Are you being sensitive to what he has called you to do? You know, there's a reason the Bible speaks of, and everybody's going to get mad at me because I'm giving Justin's class another plug. Uh, There's a reason the Bible talks about God's voice being a whisper. Those of you that are in the whisper class, you're like, preacher, right? There's a reason the Bible talks about his voice being a whisper, because you have to shut up and listen. You You have to quiet yourself. You have to quiet your plans and go, God... What is it that you would have me to do? I know that this is what I think I need to do. But what would you have me to do? Now, as you grow, God just... Now, I I used to have to stop and listen. Now, God just comes at me like a freight train. Because I I know which voice is his. And he'll just drop these... He drops like paragraphs in my head like all at once. And, and I have to like write it down to, to really fathom everything that he just put in my head. But when you learn to walk with the ebbs and flows of God, you'll learn to hear his voice. But you must always walk in his blessing. Number two, are you waiting on the Lord? Now sometimes, let me just put it this way. A popular Christian phrase is waiting on the Lord. But sometimes the Lord is tired of you waiting and he wants you to get to work. Sometimes you've waited long enough. The Lord's told you everything you need to do. He's just getting tired of you waiting. You ever, get, you ever go to a restaurant and you put in your name and the lady behind the, the desk says, oh, it'll be five or ten minutes. And you looked out at your watch and go, oh, okay, I'll wait that long. You go, you wrestle your three kids we're not always acting right. You look down at your watch. It's been 10 minutes. So you walk up to the lady. You go, hey, you said, uh, you said five or 10 minutes. Uh, it's been 10 minutes. I just wanted to check. Oh, well, you've got three people in front of you. So you try not to cuss because it's Sunday after church. <laughs> you go back. You go back to your wife who's looking at you going, did you fix it? <laughs> then you go. There's three people in front of us. It's going to be about five more minutes. (laughs) Five more minutes like you can change something. (laughs) Then eventually you get sat. Your wife's in a bad mood. You know, so on and so forth. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) happens to me every day. But what I'm saying to you is sometimes we're on that waiting list with God. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And God's just waiting on you to get in the game. You keep telling him, oh, it's going to be five more minutes. 
You keep telling them, oh, just wait till I get my life in order. Oh, just wait till I do this. Oh, just wait till I, till I, till, till this, this storm passes. So oh, just wait till, till this goes on. When God's just saying, what are you waiting on? Maybe I'm giving you these storms to unsettle you so you'll actually get to work. Guys, I'm here to tell you, if you're waiting, if you are waiting for something to change in your life to serve God, you're waiting on the wrong thing. Because sometimes God is unsettling you so that you will serve him. You're like, prove it to me in the Bible, pastor. Turn your Bibles to Jonah. Jonah said, oh, you want me to go preach to these people that I hate? Nah, I'm going to go get in a boat and go to the other side of the known world. And you know what God did? He sent a big fish. You're like, I thought it was a whale. Read your Bible. It says big fish. Anyway, and, and there was a storm, and he thought he was going to die. And God sent the big fish to swallow him up and eat him. Then what did he do from there? Jonah probably thought, I'm dead. I'm never going to be. I, he probably said things like, I'm never going to be of use to God. I can never get over this storm. I've been eaten by a fish. What good am I to God? Then what happened? The fish spit him out, threw him up. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Trust me, when we went on the men's fishing trip and I smelled all those insides of the fish, mm -mm, I felt for Jonah. I was like, man, never again, God. I won't make you mad anymore. I don't want to risk this. (laughs) But what I'm saying to you is, There's story after story after story of people that ran away from God and bad things happened until finally they went, okay, I'll do it your way. So if you're waiting for the bad things to stop in your life, serve him. Now that's not to say bad things won't come once you serve him. I'm not saying that. Trust me, I've, I've had some of the worst attacks in my life as your pastor. But what I am saying is you will know that you're walking confidently with him. So what does this mean for us? Are you walking in God's blessings? Are you waiting on the Lord? And as Pastor Mo comes back, do you need a miracle today? Do you need a miracle today? You know, throughout this series, we prayed for miracles. And I told you at the beginning of the series, we would see miracles. Okay? I told you that confidently. Now, I didn't realize how much God would have to show off with this. I will not say that anymore because it was a little crazy for me, okay? Many of you know about Kyle Spurgeon having a car accident. He ran into a fence and headbutted the top rail of a fence coming off a highway. Okay? Just letting you know, you're not supposed to live after that. He went home yesterday. And you know why he went home yesterday? Because he wants to come to church. Now, I told Monica, no pressure, you know, if he makes it, you know, they usually come second service. I said, if he makes it, great. If not, you know, he's just had a brain injury. So, you know, we, we understand. But I got to the hospital. And for all intents and purposes, he was supposed to be dead. In fact, 
you know, when things like that happen, you get different reports. Someone had mentioned that there was brain matter found in the car. Someone had mentioned some different things along those lines. And throughout the day, we just kept praying and we just kept praying. We just kept praying that God would do something. And Kyle's dad texted me this morning, right in the middle of worship. And he said, just let everybody know, thank you for your prayers because Kyle is a miracle. So I didn't know that that would be my story at the beginning of No Longer Slaves. Now, if I could get Kyle on video, one day we will. It's a little early right now. But I'm here to tell you, God can work miracles. If he can work miracles in an operating room, he can work miracles in the Hope Church Sanctuary. So guys, I'm here to tell you, we were, today the, the plan was to pray for people that wanted children, that can't have children. And guys, I'm here to tell you, if that's, one, if that's your prayer this morning, we want to pray for that. But I want you to understand that there's nothing that is going on in your life right now that God can't fix, that God can't heal, that God can't make better. So today we're going to pray for miracles. I don't care what the miracle is. I don't care what miracle you need in your life. We're just going to pray for miracles. Because when you can stand up here and already say God's already done one miracle, it's easier to say there's nothing he can't do. He took a a young man from our church from death's doorstep to alive. Now he's got a long road to go. He's got some rehab that he's got to do, but I think we would all agree alive is better than dead. So if God can take a, a horrendous situation as that, There's nothing that he can't handle in your life. So I'm going to have our prayer team. Prayer team, if you go ahead and get in place. We're going to have some people down here at the front. And then people along the back. Joneses, if you could hit the back for me too, I'd appreciate that. We're we're short staff on pastors. They're honeymooning and stuff like that. Young people. Our prayer team is is along here in the back, is down here in the front. What I'm saying to you today is if you need a miracle, no matter what the miracle is, trust me, there is nothing in your life that is too small. God cares about everything. So if you need a miracle today, I want you to come up to our prayer team. You know, a lot of times during these, a lot of times during these prayer times, I notice. As soon as I say amen, that's that's people's cue. I'm gonna I'm gonna rush to the bathroom or, or can y'all just wait a moment for me? If I could say there's the most important important part of the service, the next three to four minutes are the most important. So let's let's get an attitude of worship and let's let's believe God for a miracle today. And let's not be a distraction for someone else that needs a miracle. So I'm going to pray. Pastor Mo and Amber are going to sing us a song. Come and ask God for a miracle today. Let's pray. Jesus. Lord, we didn't know that at the beginning of this message series that you would, you would show off the way that you do. 
it's, it's amazing to see what you've done during this series. You've seen people healed of sickness, Lord. You've, we've seen people brought back from certain death. But Lord, I pray today now that the miracles would not stop. I know that there's people in this place today that need a miracle from you. So Lord, we pray for that miracle. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to move in each and every one's life. Lord, and I pray that you would just give them the confidence to step up from where they are and understand that that you are the God of correct timing. And now's the time. Now's the time to stop waiting. Now's the time to step out and walk confidently in the calling that you have on their lives. And Lord, I just pray today for a miracle. Lord, I pray for a miracle in each and every one's life that needs it. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that are going to come from it. In Jesus' name.